Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, if there is one thing uh, that the Gospel of Mark makes clear, it is how messed up the followers of Jesus can sometimes be. And I say that not only because I'm one of them, but because if you rewind a little bit, you'll find that early in the same chapter that's in front of us here today, they get in this argument about who among them is the greatest, which prompts Jesus to respond by saying, you want to know who the greatest is? The greatest is the one who serves. The greatest is the one who puts himself or herself last. The greatest is the one who doesn't care about being the greatest. And then in the very next chapter, those same disciples prevent little kids from getting close to Jesus. And it irritates him. And it causes him to say, cut that out. Let the kids come to me. Don't stop them. Which is why we recall that little episode when we baptize children in the life of the church today. And then between these two episodes is, is this morning's passage in which the Apostle John, of all people, comes to Jesus with a, a hint of pride, I might add, and says to Jesus, we saw this guy casting out demons in your name, and we told him to cut it out. Not because he isn't a believer, not because he's not acting on your behalf, certainly not because he's doing something wrong, but get this, because he wasn't following us. Not you, but us. Some translations actually say, he wasn't one of us. Meaning what? He wasn't Lutheran? <laughs> no, meaning, you know, he wasn't part of our inner circle. He, he wasn't one of the 12. And the question is, you know, why do these guys act this way? And why does anybody act that way? Maybe it was because they were part of Jesus' inner circle. They were in his intimate leadership team. And, and maybe their status or their position kind of started getting to their heads as sometimes happens. Maybe they thought that they were going to be, you know, kind of the next generation of Pharisees. And they would approve of and control all things religious. Good thing that doesn't happen in the church anymore. Or maybe... Just maybe it has something to do with the fact that if you rewind a little bit more in Mark chapter 9, you'll see another episode in which the disciples themselves try to cast out a demon and they can't do it. They are ineffective, while this other anonymous, unknown, uncertified person who has no apostolic authorization whatsoever is able to do something for which the disciples themselves are ineffective, which they cannot do. And maybe that, that just got under their skin. It's kind of like when one of you tells me how great Joel Osteen is. Well, if you like that kind of stuff, fine. <laughs> well, whatever the reason, Jesus isn't having it. And he says to John and the others, you guys got to cut this out. Because whoever does a deed of power, that in Greek is the word dynamis or dynamite, in my name cannot possibly be against me or against 
you. And then he adds a statement that even someone who does the smallest thing, like giving somebody a cup of water, gives great honor, great glory to God. Well, just when you think that Jesus uh, has made his point, what we find in the rest of the story is that he's just getting started. I mean, he's getting revved up. And pretty dramatic, in my humble opinion, when he says to John, and if you keep acting like this, if you don't cut this out, if you cause even one of these little ones, not little kids, but baby Christians who are new to this faith, to stumble, it would be better for you if a millstone was tied around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. Now, just so you know, a millstone was a large, solid stone wheel that was pulled by a donkey around a stationary post to grind up the grain, to get the oil out of the olives, the juice out of the grapes. Meaning that if even it was theoretically, physically possible to hang a millstone around somebody's neck and throw it at all, much less into the sea, it meant you're going down and quick. And then if that isn't enough, he adds these three gruesome hyperboles or purposeful exaggerations in order to make his point. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, you should cut it off. And if your eye causes you to sin, you should pluck it out because it's better to go to heaven blind, lame, and maimed than go to hell with two eyes, hands, and feet. You think he's having a bad day? I mean, I do. But in the midst of this, you know, there's a question. It's a good question. And in the name of Jesus, I got to ask it. What parts of your life need to go in order to be the person that he designed you, made you, baptized you to be? What action, what attitude, what jealousy, what priority, what prejudice, what affiliation has to get cut out of your life because it's messing up your witness and your service to the one you follow as the world's redeemer. Who are you trying to control? Who do you look down on? Because they're not part of your circle, your social, your cultural, your racial, your political, your denominational tribe. Crying out loud, John, don't you know that anybody who does a powerful deed or even a small one in my name is one of us? And see, if we think that way, and we believe that way, and we proclaim that way, and if we act that way, that's when people come to Jesus. That's when people come to his church. That's when we turn the world upside down with the good news that breaks into hearts and changes everything for the glory of God. The emblem of uh, Lutheran Social Services of the National Capital Area includes the words, serve boldly. And today we're here to give thanks for countless cups of water and countless deeds that were greater still, that with your prayers and your support have done, been done for orphans, 
for adoptive parents, for refugees, for immigrants, for the homeless, for the poor, for the hungry, for all kinds of people in need in every generation. And, and today we give thanks in particular for our brother and for our pastor, Ken Carlson, who for 20 years has been serving boldly and leading faithfully as part of the LSS leadership team, which knows no us and them and simply knows a world where grace is needed in our actions and in our words as we give up or cut out whatever gets in the way of being the body of Christ for the hope of this broken world that we live in. You know, it may be a little tricky to see it, but I want you to know there's some really good news in today's passage from Mark chapter 9, even with all its images of amputations and millstones around your neck and all of that. And it has to do with the fact that when the disciples of Jesus don't get it right, when we draw a circle around people in order to keep them out, Jesus draws a circle that's bigger in order to include them in. Because he's the one who touches the lepers. And he's the one who eats with sinners. And he is the one who calls people who weren't, weren't even of his tribe into the embrace of God. He's the one who takes care of the kids. And he's the one who uses ordinary, imperfect people who sometimes don't get it right, who often mess it up to do powerful, great even little things for the glory of God. And those people include you and me, for whom he gave way more than an arm and a leg when he offered up his life so that we can also draw that wider circle. And when we are tempted to cut out our, our desire, our temptation to turn our allies into adversaries. And then the passage comes uh, to an end today with, you know, another kind of peculiar statement where Jesus says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. Well, you know, maybe that gets you thinking about the Sermon on the Mount from the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus says, you know, you're the salt of the earth, you're the spice of life. You know, you're the ones who are going to preserve people for God, for heaven. Or if you're into the Old Testament, uh, maybe you're thinking about what was known as the covenant of salt, which you can find in Numbers and also in uh, Leviticus. And uh, it involved uh, the covenant between God and his people. And it was included in some offerings and sacrifices that were made uh, at the temple in Jerusalem. But it was also a sign of covenant between people, a sign of friendship, a sign of agreement, so that a Jewish man would carry a pouch of salt on his belt. And if, if you and I were friends, or if we had a covenant with each other, and we wanted it to be unbroken, he would take a pinch of salt from his pouch and put it in the pouch of the other guy. And the other guy would take a pinch of salt, and he would do the same thing. So from that time on, you could never retrieve only your own salt. It was now mixed together forever. It was covenant of salt. In fact, there are people in some cultures today that describe the most intimate, most important relationships of their whole life by saying, 
there is salt between us. Because that covenant is enduring, regardless of the circumstances. And I believe that's why Jesus ends this very dramatic homily by saying, have salt in yourselves. Be at peace with each other. I've made it possible. And so as a follower of Jesus, I give thanks to God for this drama and for the fact that this God is willing to use me, to shape me, to redirect me, to change my way of thinking, all the while loving me enough to move me from being the person that I'm so often inclined to be to being the person that he created and baptized me uh, to be. And I know that's still a work in progress. It's ongoing. I also give thanks to God today for a congregation that has quite a reputation for serving boldly and for including all kinds of sisters and brothers from all over the world in the ministry of Jesus and in the family that bears his name. And most of all, I give thanks to God today that because of Jesus, you get to keep your eyes and your hands, and your feet. And you get to use them for the glory of the one who died for us so that we can cut out whatever gets in the way and live for him as sisters and brothers in the family of God because there is salt between us. So congratulations and thanks for your service and God bless you as you draw the wider circle and give those cups of water to friends and strangers alike and do powerful and great things for your joy and purpose and for the glory of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.